Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. I'm doing great. We just had a killer show. Well, thank you. What, uh, seriously, top to bottom. I mean, that, that card was, was unbelievable. I'm a little bit worried about Max. Uh, his neck is not in the best shape. And I had to d- calm him down quite a bit because uh, he was so fired up. He's very prideful. Uh, but fortunately, things didn't get worse. But hopefully, he'll be okay. Hopefully, he'll be all right. Questions? Obviously, a lot of fans wondering about all these different things that don't have anything to do with what's going on in the ring tonight. Uh, Jay, Jim Ross said this was going to be the greatest show that fans didn't expect under the circumstances. Seems like he got that. How did you feel at the end of the show, considering everything that happened going on earlier this week? It was a great show. I was really excited. I felt like it was going to be a strong show. To me, it was the biggest week in the history of the company for in-ring and content reasons. We just did the biggest show in pro wrestling history, which I kept saying to him is something really special. He was in the main event of the biggest show in the history of pro wrestling just one week ago. They sold more tickets for the show last week. I'm so proud of the wrestlers and the staff and the fans and everyone in AEW because that's something nobody's ever going to be able to take away from AEW to be in the history books forever. And uh, now to come here one week later, I knew it would be a big challenge to follow that. And there's been a lot of things happening this week in and out of the ring. But I think from a wrestling standpoint, it was exciting to be able to come here and follow it. And I was really excited. And, you know, pretty telling to me personally, if you look back at this year on pay-per-view, I think Supercard of Honor was one of the best pay-per-view shows of the year. I think Revolution was one of the best shows of the year. I thought uh, that Death Before Dishonor was one of the best shows of the year. Forbidden Door was amazing. And then All In last week, tremendous show. And now All Out, we've come in and delivered. And that's six pay-per-views, I would say, already this year that have all been amazing shows. So I think we're having as strong a year on pay-per-view right now as any pro wrestling company ever. And this week is as big a week as any company ever. I can say last week was one of the top AEW pay-per-views of all time. The first ever AEW All In. Not only a huge success as far as being like a box office smash hit all time most tickets sold for any show ever also one of our biggest pay-per-views ever in at least a year and a half and that's pretty amazing it'll be one of our top two or three shows of all time when it's all said and done and then this week i was gonna say after doing already a one of our all-time numbers last week to come here this week and have over ten thousand people here and have 
uh, over 100,000, I would say, would be a real success, and we've done that. So it's definitely over 100,000 in the wake of another show last week that did huge numbers, probably closer to 200,000. And that's pretty exciting. So this is not only our biggest week for ticket sales by uh, many, 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 many times over, but also our biggest week for pay-per-view. And so that's really exciting. It's an exciting time. And I'm really proud of the wrestlers and everyone who works here. Hi, Adam. Hello. <laughs> Kimmy Sokol from The Pop Break. Now, you and MJF successfully defended your Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Are there any other teams in Ring of Honor that you're looking to defend them against? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I hate to give this, I don't want to say generic, maybe standard answer, but, but I really do mean this. I feel like a lot of people thought the team, me included, of Adam Cole and MJF, there's no way this would work. Um, but now that it's gelled and now that I've gotten to know him uh, as, a, as a real friend, I, I really think at this point we could take on any team, whether that be a team from Ring of Honor, from AEW, anyone all over the world. There, there's no specific team we're looking at as far as defending these titles against, but I can promise you we're not going to say no to a challenge. So, so literally any team from Ring of Honor, we're ready to defend these titles and prove that we're one of the best ROH World Tag Team Champions of all time. I know it just started, but I'm, I'm feeling really confident about it. Hey, Tony, Mike Shalik here from SE Scoops. Uh, booking back-to-back pay-per-view weeks is extremely ambitious, especially when one of those is Wembley Stadium. Um, sounds like we're doing it again next year, back-to-back Wembley and here in Chicago. So is there anything that you learned kind of logistically of planning back-to-back shows course there's always going to be injuries and other reasons that things fall through but anything just about the nature of the back-to-back rapid fire of planning shows and anything that you learned that you might apply next year well we've done a lot of great shows a lot of great events this was the first time we've done back-to-back pay-per-view weekends i thought it was a smart move tactically because both weekends were really exciting from a live event real estate perspective to have wembley stadium on the bank holiday weekend in london It was a really exciting destination event, and it turned out to be one of the greatest gambles ever in pro wrestling, I really believe, to have over $10 million in ticket revenue and to have uh, over 81,000 fans, 81,035 paid fans. Pretty amazing. And it's going to go down in history as one of the greatest moves ever. And then aggressive to keep all out here, but I really believe in what we have here. It's a great Labor Day tradition. There's a lot of people that have been going to the show every year, and I think it's something really special. So... That's part of why I wanted to do it. And I think when you have shows that have this kind of rabid fan base, this kind of crowd excitement, like we had at All Out tonight, and of course, like we had last week with a record crowd in London last week for All In, I think it makes sense. And people were really attracted to the shows. I also, it's funny because like, I think a lot of what is online discourse nowadays, like, you know, it's very different than when I grew up because there's a very... uh, very granular week to week analysis of what happens in pro wrestling, like extremely granular. A lot of things are meant for building up story. And a lot of things you see in pro wrestling at times they can be to build something for the future. You wouldn't know is coming at times. They're uh, things that are the thing that you just want to see you've been building to. And it's the big payoff. Sometimes it's on pay-per-view. Sometimes it's on TV for those big moments. Other times things are what you, I call maintenance in pro wrestling, things you have to do to build the stories in the show. And I really believe uh, that the granular analysis of pro wrestling where like every segment is taken 
to have to be like an instant gratification that every second of it, you know, it, it's sometimes things that are leading to something for the greater purpose. And in this case, I was really excited because last week was such a success and people loved the show all in. I think it was a really well-received show and people thought it was not only a great show in terms of making a lot of money, but it was also a great show in terms of being a great wrestling event. And this week there were things that I had held back for this show. And I was surprised people said, well, there's not a lot, on all out compared to all in because then just the week before there were people saying it's a scam he's a he's a tyrant for not putting moxley versus orange cassidy in wembley stadium but i really believed in the wembley stadium stampede and i thought that was great we got AEW fight forever out and we just launched the stadium stampede mode which is really exciting and that's a great tie-in but also it's a once in a lifetime opportunity or is it to be able to use wembley stadium like that and for me personally being able to have them guys fight through the Royal box. It was like, you know, having been through some great life experiences in the Royal box involving the world of football to go through the Royal box fighting with Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli was pretty cool. And to open the show and close the show with great wrestling stars like Adam Cole and MJF, that was pretty cool. And I think then coming here, we've shown we can do great shows in Chicago year after year. There's a great fan base here and the roster really delivered. And the main event I thought was great tonight. Moxley and Orange Cassidy really delivered. I thought it was a really hot opening match. Adam Cole and MJF were able to retain the championship. Uh, Adam Cole really hung in there. And there were points where he had to fight out two guys in almost a handicap match. And MJF, uh, what they would term the Michael Jordan flu game, even though I believe the flu, the, the flu game actually happened in Utah, though, right? It wasn't in the United Center, but nevertheless. Uh, uh, I do think uh, it's a good reference and very fitting. And on a night where we brought Dennis Rodman in, which also got a lot of really good attention. So I think it's really cool. It's different to do the shows back-to-back weekends, but it's uh, not unorthodox when it's on two big holiday weekends and two destination shows. So I think we got something really cool here. Thank you. Hey guys, um, Rick Uccino, SB Nation, CageSideSeats.com. Uh, Adam, both you and MJF, throughout the majority of your career. I wouldn't say you guys are used to getting cheered a lot. Um, and now the two of you together on this like extended baby face run, every single thing you guys do, whether it's something as simple as a double clothesline or Max you know, putting his paws up to do the kangaroo kick just gets the loudest pops of the night. Like what is this experience? What well, has to be surreal for you. What is this, this run been like for you uh, this pairing with Max so far? Yeah, so uh, truth be told, it's been bizarre in the best way possible. Um, I, I was hoping that, because even before I came to AEW, I know a lot of people had talked about the idea of Adam Cole versus MJF would be a really cool thing to see. And I, and I was hoping people were gonna be excited at the idea of us facing each other. And then obviously we're randomly thrown together as a team by chance. Um, and never in a million years did I think everyone would not only be that excited about it, but stay that excited about it. Um, I don't think he expected it. I didn't expect it. Uh, but the fans certainly made their voice heard when it came to that. Um, I think maybe initially it started uh, with the excitement aside from them being very invested. And I think both of our characters, but the idea as well of this is such an odd pairing and, and who knows how genuine this is, or who knows how long it's going to last. And then as the friendship has continued to grow uh, and us as a team has continued to grow, 
the fact that everyone's grasped on to us as a team has been absolutely unbelievable. It's the most fun I've had in my entire 15-year career, and I'm just glad the fans are having as much fun as we are because it is an absolute blast. I am loving it right now. I expected it would be very, very well received. <laughs> I had a very, I had a very, very, very good feeling about it. And uh, sometimes you have those good feelings, and sometimes yeah. they pay off. But I do think uh, everything he just said is completely true. That uh, this is one of those pairings that has really been magical. And yeah. the thing that's really made it the most special is the way the fans have connected with the two of you, and the way you two have connected with each other. The chemistry is real, and sometimes, uh, you know, things backstage in pro wrestling. Uh, really connect, I think, yeah. on TV. And the fact that you two really have bonded so much and become so close here in like backstage, when we're backstage, I think it shows on the TV show and it's really made for some of the most compelling TV. The connection you guys have is real and the connection you both have with the fans is special and it's called synergy uh, when the pair is greater than the sum of its parts because you're two of the top stars in wrestling and somehow uh, when you go out there together, it's like, corporate synergy it's even worth even more and it's it's freaking great thank you thank so you so much adam hey dominic d'angelo inside the ropes uh i wanted to ask about mjf kind of he's been always vocal on twitter but he's been a lot a lot more like taking bigger stands on twitter in certain ways i kind of wanted to get both of your guys's perspective on uh is he like kind of adopting more of a locker room leader role now that he's like been the world champion for a while and kind of establishing himself as the next top star. Oh yeah. Max is certainly a leader. Um, Max is someone who, again, he eats, sleeps and breathes pro wrestling for sure. And he's been in a position where he's been with AEW from the very start. He loves, he loves AEW with his whole entire heart. And he's so proud of the product that we produce. He's very, very proud of the locker room. So it generally, Max is one of those guys who kind of leads by example. Um, it, he's someone that the entire locker room can look up to in a lot of ways, just based on, again, how passionate he is about the company and how passionate he is about wanting whatever he's involved in to be the best that it possibly can be. Um, so absolutely. I, I think he's, he's been an excellent leader. Hi, guys. Nick Hausman, House of Wrestling. Uh, obviously, it was a big weekend for AEW, a lot of news for a lot of reasons. Uh, from your perspective, Adam, what was the vibe like backstage, the attitude of the locker room going into the show without CM Punk? And Tony, just for you, what did you learn from the CM Punk experience and what would you do differently or institute to make sure like a situation like this doesn't happen again? I think is what a lot of fans want to know. So as, as far as the vibe, the excitement, these past few weeks about these events that we've had has not gone unnoticed by anybody. Uh, again, all in happening, Wembley Stadium, 81,035 people breaking the record, highest paid attendance in pro wrestling history. Everyone was jazzed and so excited for that show. This week, coming into tonight, uh, it, knowing that we had to follow up such a huge event, the, the locker room was stoked. The locker room was ready to go. They were ready to put on the best show they possibly could. Um, and it, most importantly, we're just so excited for the future, man. It's like AEW as a whole has made so many incredible strides in such a short time. Uh, this company has not been a, uh, around for a, a super, super long time. So thinking about the next year, two years, five years, 10 years, has everyone so pumped and so ready to go. So the locker room's feeling good, man. They are. Thanks.
Oh, thank you, everyone. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. I think we're going to be joined by another self-proclaimed champion here. How's everybody's father feeling today? First off, my name is Leo from Distracted by Wrestling on Instagram. Uh, Christian, congratulations to Luchasaurus for a successful title defense. Um, my question is actually more for Tony. Uh, Tony, what would you say to the fans that feel like they were burned out after All In, uh, the week leading up to that, and also the week leading up to All Out as well? Well, I think we proved that we've got some of the best pro wrestling in the world and we definitely can sustain doing a record setting crowd over 81,000 fans at all in and then come here. And I think the energy of the roster, the staff, everybody after traveling overseas and putting on a great dynamite, a great rampage and collision and really having some very exciting shows and a lot happening in and out of the ring. I thought everybody came in and delivered one of the best wrestling shows we've ever done. Certainly it was the biggest week in the history of the company. By far the most tickets ever sold, by far the most pay-per-views ever sold, uh, and tremendous, tremendous all-around fan uh, feedback on both shows. All In was a great show. All Out was a great show. Uh, and now you'd have to say, uh, coming out, a successful weekend for a lot of our top stars, including this man, who uh, in uh, very unconventional ways has risen, I believe, to the top of the pro wrestling profession yet again as strong of a performance as ever time after time after you can time. go ahead and say it tony this title has never meant more than it does right now at this very minute thanks to the champion luchasaurus i believe the title standing right in front of me hi my name is devin tingle i'm from the sports cubicle my question is actually for tony khan sorry christian i do love your work this question was from my co-host, Mike Mercado. He couldn't be here. His wife decided to break her water tonight. So I... Oh, God bless her. I hope she's okay. She, God bless her. I hope it goes well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, breaking water. That's well, uh, serious. Let's let us updates as we go on. We'll, I'll be, we'll be here for a long time, I'm sure, as, we, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. But uh, my question is for you, Tony. We, it's no secret your father is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there have been talks of the Jaguars wanting to leave Jacksonville. Chicago Bears have been making talks about wanting to leave Chicago. Wait, well, there's been talk of what? Oh, yeah, the Chicago Bears are concerned. What was the thing you said before that? About your father owning the Jaguars, and there's been rumors that the Jaguars want to move. There's no rumor. I, I don't think that's a valid thing. We've just redeveloped. In fact, we just built the Miller Electric Center, which is, you know, I will say this, and I will, I will give you this. I think going into last year, the Jaguars facilities were not near the top of the NFL. We went from probably not having an elite athletic performance facility in Jacksonville, and now we do. We have the Miller Electric Center. It's awesome. We have new 
practice facility, coaches' offices, scouting offices, everything. And it's amazing. You know, it's a, over $100 million in the new facility, and it's really great. I'm very proud of what we've got there. So, no, that's not the case at all. Uh, and in Jacksonville, a lot of the great wrestlers are uh, often at the games. You know, a lot of the top pro wrestlers in the world, a lot of the great champions, including this man, uh, reside in Florida and come to the games. So it's a big deal. And uh, we've got something really fun going on in Jacksonville. And if you follow football closely, you know that Jacksonville last year in our home games, we had the best run of home comebacks ever. You couldn't have booked it any better the Jaguars season last year. Time after time after time, the Jags dug themselves out of holes, uh, whether it was against Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys, uh, Tennessee Titans, and against the Chargers in the playoffs. Went down 27 nothing, came back and won one of the all-time greatest football games of all time. And it was one of the great seasons in the history of the Jaguars. So, no, there's a lot of great stuff happening in Jacksonville, Florida with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Hi, Tony. Hi, Christian. Aridian Fierro from Fightful. Uh, Christian, your pairing with Luchasaurus has been a fun one. How has it been working with Luchasaurus, and have you enjoyed your time as champion or co-champion, as you could say? Well, I think tonight proved the point when I said that the, the match was going to be a massacre, that it wasn't even going to be close. And I do believe that Luchasaurus prove that we are dominant as the TNT champion. He's a great pupil. He's a great disciple. And uh, I'll go out on the limb and say it. I wouldn't be where I am without him. Yes, actually. Uh, Nick, Nick Hausman, House of Wrestling. Uh, congratulations on retaining TNT championship tonight. A uh, lot of rumors abound about a good friend of yours, Adam Copeland, and his future in professional wrestling. I was just wondering if you see him possibly joining you here in the All Elite Mix. I only talk about myself and Luchasaurus. And I have no friends other than Luchasaurus. And I'll leave it at that. You talk a lot about the boy. You talk a lot about Darby Allen and Nick Wayne. They're not my friends. They're my problem. Uh, hey, Christian. Uh, Rick Uccino. Uh, SB Nation, Kate Side Seats. I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago where um, you, you spoke about that TNT title never being more relevant than it is right now. You have seemed to have made this a really personal mission of yours to make that championship the most prestigious thing in all of AEW and all of professional wrestling. Why is this so important to you? I like gold. I think, I think gold defines a person, defines a man, especially in this sport. And I think that no matter what title I hold, it immediately becomes the most prestigious title. In fact, we may end up calling this the TNT World Championship by the time I'm done with it. Christian, so you just spoke and said you possibly want to turn that into the TNT World Championship by your energy, by the time frame, but is there any other goal that you have your sights on? Of course, I'm always looking to add to my collection. I'm an avid watch collector. I only collect the most expensive timepieces. I only collect the most important and beautiful title belts. 
I think Christian Cage is doing some of the best wrestling, some of the best work of his entire career. I'm very grateful to have him in AEW. Thank you for joining us tonight for AEW All Out, and you're a big part of AEW All In and AEW All Out. Uh, one of the biggest weeks ever in pro wrestling, certainly the biggest week ever in AEW's history. When you arrived in AEW, I said, this is going to be a huge signing in 2021. Ended up being a big year, a transformational year for AEW, and your arrival was a huge part of that. So thank you very much for joining us. Weren't people, and maybe might even have been some of you people, that said that I wasn't worth the hype? I think I proved you all wrong now, didn't I? Hmm? I know I proved Tony Khan right because he just re-signed me to a big, fat contract. He opened the vault for me, and I deserve every single penny that I got. The self-proclaimed TNT champion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Is that it? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll just be, uh, once I'm going to be joined uh, by a few more of our top stars here. I really appreciate everybody being here. It's, uh, like I said, it's been a crazy week for us. Wow, took it very took his advice very literally. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a huge week for us, and I really appreciate you all being here again. I think uh, to your question, you know, I think for AEW, it's been a huge year, and I feel like there's been a bunch of times where uh, throughout this year, AEW and to some extent ROH, where people have questioned if the show was going to work or if the show was going to click. And time after time, I feel like we've delivered. I feel like at Revolution, there was some of that, and the show was amazing and one of our best shows, and then. Again, these last couple of weeks, I felt that it all in and all out. Forbidden Door, second year in a row. I think people questioned if it was going to work. And uh, I really think uh, very, very successful show again for us. So it's been great. And uh, I'm very excited for Wrestle Dream. As we're about a month out from Wrestle Dream right now, uh, we haven't had a chance to ever really, uh, since I introduced the event or talked about it for the first time, we haven't really had a chance uh, as a, as a collective to talk about the event, uh, but it, it means a lot of, to me personally. Last year when Antonio Inoki passed away, uh, I was in a hotel room as I often am and on the road. And I remember thinking to myself, 
uh, mark this date down and start planning ahead and start thinking ahead. And I talked to New Japan Pro Wrestling and they were supportive and they're going to be sending stars to participate in the event. I think it's really cool. And certainly Antonio Inoki is one of the most influential people in pro wrestling. And I don't think AEW would be where we are without him. So very excited for the first ever Wrestle Dream October 1st in Seattle. And very excited about the show we just had tonight. Uh, I've got some more of the top stars in AEW here to join us. And here after retaining her TBS championship earlier tonight, she's on a great run, ladies and gentlemen. She was in a great six-woman tag. On Dynamite and Collision, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Statlander. Congratulations, Chris. TK from Women's Wrestling Talk, so congratulations on retaining. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, um, about Jade coming back, and we got to speak to Jade a couple weeks ago, and she said that she speaks to you TK very often. Um, so is there any plans of her coming back? Yeah, very excited. Uh, you know, I've talked to Jade recently. I think uh, hopefully get Jade back in soon. Obviously, it was Chris Statlander who put Jade on the shelf. And Jade's one of the most successful stars ever in AEW. So uh, we'll have to stay tuned to see when and where Jade might pop up again in the world. And uh, definitely a big fan of Jade. Uh, and she put together one of the most dominant runs ever. It was very fitting that she was stopped by one of the top stars in AEW, and now uh, Chris has gone on uh, to carry the TBS championship, only the second person ever to carry the TBS championship, and it's very fitting, a great championship that's had two great champions now. Uh, great defense from Chris tonight. She's had some great matches with Ruby, and I think it shows how far you both come in some of these matches, how full circle uh, the relationship is, and also with the fans, because certainly I remember being in Las Vegas a while back, and the crowd really was rooting for you to pull it off. And I think everyone was really happy to see you pull it off tonight and retain your championship. Yeah, I finally got that big one over Ruby. I've been chasing for so long. Uh, but also addressing Jade, um, as I've said before, uh, I am willing to prove that my win over her was not a fluke. I know there's, of course, the controversy of it was the second match. Did she really put out the challenge? And I am, whenever she's ready, I'm accepting any challenge from anyone, especially her, and I will prove that my win was my win, and I truly am the TPS champion. Emily May with WrestlingNews.co. So congratulations, Chris, on retaining tonight. I would love for you to tell us what it means to be able to retain that championship tonight and to be embraced by the AEW fans and what that journey has been like since this big win. It's uh, it's always such a special feeling to, one, just be a part of such a big event such as All Out. Um, I remember the last All Out that I was a part of, it was me versus Britt for the AEW Women's Championship uh, here. I believe it might have been the Now Arena, though, but it was here in Chicago, and I... Uh, did not come out on top, unfortunately. So to be able to walk into uh, a pay-per-view match, the same pay-per-view all out in Chicago with the title and then keep it, it's just like, okay, I'm here. I'm really doing it. And uh, especially after, you know, the double knee surgeries, uh, 
to be able to go out there and do what I do and to not be worried about my knees, to not have any fear and to only have to worry about making sure that this comes home with me. Uh, it's such a rewarding thing, not just, not just like physically, but like mentally, I'm like, all right, I'm here, I'm good, I'm doing it. And uh, yeah, I'm just so thankful to be a part of such a amazing event and to be able to make All Out feel just as important as All In was because that was, you know, it was a monumental thing. Um, so I know there was a lot of people being like, oh, maybe this might not be the same. But I think all of us that were on the pay-per-view tonight stepped up and were like, we're putting on a freaking show for you guys. Don't don't even worry about it. So it's always just, uh, it means a lot to me to be able to be one of these people to step up whenever I'm needed to. Hey, Chris, Mike Shalik from SC Scoops. Um, we're a few months into your current run. You're back for a few months. Uh, only had a few matches since then. So do you feel like you're fully back in terms of like in the groove of getting all your reps in and feeling like you're kind of, are you feeling like you're at peak form or you feel like you're still kind of getting your sea legs under you? And sorry, just a two-part question. Do you feel the need at all to kind of modify your ring style having come back from a few big injuries? So, okay. So I think, uh, I feel like I wouldn't have come back when I did if I wasn't at my peak. And every time I show up here, I show up to almost every single dynamite, collision, rampage. I'll show up to Ring of Honor when I can. I'll always get in the ring and I'll work around and I'll just do things and I'll just try to, you know, stay on top of my game because, you know, being on top of my game is very, very important to me. And especially after you know, having such extensive injuries, I mentally, I am very worried about like, oh, I hope I, I hope I haven't lost it yet. Uh, so it is very important that I try to get those thoughts out of my head and be on top of my game and, you know, be at my peak, but come back better, bigger, better. I said better twice, stronger than before. Um, and then uh, what was your second part? Okay, so I, again, I would not have come back if I couldn't do everything that I did before. And I know we've seen me, we see me do the tombstone, we see me do the 450, and I know, I know people worry about me, but I would not be back doing what I do if I wasn't ready to. Um, the only thing that I at least try to be conscious of is to not wrap my legs around someone's neck and cut their head off, because I don't think that'd make good TV. So that's, I try to, you know... Keep people's heads on at least. <laughs> Be pretty good TV. We'll save that one. <laughs> Kevin Kelm with Sports Keto Wrestling. Obviously, at All In, something that got people's attention before the show was even on the air was the presence of Mercedes Monet, yeah. a big superstar in pro wrestling. A lot of people have been anticipating her coming to All Eight Wrestling. You are a champion. Obviously, they would make you a little bit more of a target if she did show up. And how do you feel about that? And how does the women's locker room feel about the possibility of her joining the company? Um, I think the women's locker room is always ready for a challenge. Uh, we're willing to accept anybody that wants to step our way and put us to the test. And as a champion, I know that there's always a target on my back. And if she wants to step up to me, I'm ready for her. I'm anytime, anywhere. That's what I want. That's what I do.
Two more questions right here. Corey Lee with the Wrestling Observer. How are you doing today? Um, I want to ask you about your feelings on the main event, especially with Orange Cassidy losing the international title, but also the fact that you guys were in basically his entrance and then also coming out there at the end of the show to kind of give him props and basically just talk a little bit about your relationship with Orange, you know, basically working on the Indies and then coming up to this point where he's in the main event of one of the biggest shows of the year um, against, I mean, I'm probably going to say, you know, the MVP of AEW since its birth, which would be John Moxley. Mm -hmm. So like I said, do you have any thoughts on that? And um, I'll look forward to hearing your answer. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, if it weren't for OC, I would not be half the wrestler that I am today. I owe so much of everything I've ever done to him um, because Sure, we wrestled a few times on the indies, and we were friends, uh, but it wasn't until we both came to AEW that we really became best friends. And he always checks on me. I always check on him. Um, we truly have each other's backs. We really are best friends. We travel. We hang out together. Um, and it was, it was emotional walking into that, seeing the state that he's in, seeing... Um, what he was about to get himself into. And I think at the end, after everything had went down, all of us, uh, me, Trent, and Chuck, we were all standing in there about to cry, like about to hug him. And we were all like trying to hold back tears. So they'll probably be mad at me for saying that we were all about to cry, but I was about to cry and we all love him. And we were telling him how much we love him. Um, he's truly best. I'm getting, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> Leo Angelo from Distracted by Wrestling. Chris, first off, congratulations on a successful title defense. Thank you. Uh, secondly, I wanted to ask, is there anyone in particular, uh, Mercedes Monet aside, mm -hmm. that you would like to face for your TBS championship? Anyone on the roster, whether it be Ring of Honor or in particular, like I said, on the All Elite roster? Of course. Um, I think maybe get a full taste of Tony Storm. I know she's a little crazy right now, but, you know, she's – she she kind of went crazy after losing a title. I'm sure she's prop. She showed up tonight, so no doubt in my mind she might be having her eyes on my belt. Um, and if we get a chance to settle that, I would love to do that. Um, Soraya is another one. Get a full taste of that. That'd be a wild champion versus champion thing. You you never know what might happen with that. But that would be a really cool thing to see who's the top champion there. Um, when she eventually returns, Jamie Hayter, I have so much love for her. I think she's incredible. Um, Willow, just just let me wrestle everybody. See, I'm just going to list the entire roster. But, uh, yeah, there's – I uh, – yeah, I, I, I want to wrestle every single woman that we have here. Truly. That's it. Great job, everybody. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. We have one more great winner from tonight's pay-per-view to join us. It's great, great match in a no-DQ strap match. 
ladies and gentlemen, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Howdy. Uh, Nick Hausman, House of Wrestling. Uh, Brian, uh, man, wow, that was a banger. That was an absolute classic you put on there tonight. Uh, how? Uh, we all saw this x-ray that your wife shared. Your arm looked like it had been snapped in two. What, what did you do to be able to come back so quickly and perform as you did tonight? Uh, so, so one, uh, I had an excellent opponent tonight. And I think... Every time people see Ricky Starks, every time Ricky Starks gets an opportunity, he knocks it out of the park. And I will be the first one to say, and this is outside of like within our stories and what we do, he carried me through that match tonight. And I'm good, I'm good at certain things. I mean, I'm good at a decent amount of things and I'm confident in saying that. Uh, I can fire up, I can do all these things, but he was the one who carried it, who carried me through that match. And so I'm just, that's what I'm gonna say. Dominic D'Angelo inside the ropes. Uh, I kind of wanted to get your perspective too. Uh, the ending of that match was pretty epic in a lot of ways and reflected uh, Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. Uh, kind of wanted to get your guys' vibe uh, on Ricky Starks, kind of establishing himself maybe as a top star moving forward, Brian. And, as a quick follow-up, last time I asked you about the books you're reading, what are you currently reading? Oh, gosh. Um, so, asking me about the finish, one of the things that we do in the Blackpool Combat Club is we like to test people. We like to push people. And part of that is story, and part of that is real. And I have never wrestled Ricky Starks before. Never. We've never touched. We've never done anything. I've always watched him, and I thought, every time I see him, this guy is a star. He did that interview last night before I came out, and I was watching. And when he started talking about Big Bill, he also gets it. He's, he's like, he's, put it, he's talking great. He's helped Big Bill in that thing, and he didn't have to. There, you know, and so anyways, um, I wanted to see, okay, I've seen him, I've watched him, and this is my thing with a lot of people that I've seen and watched, I think, I think this guy is good. Let me see how good he is. And also, certain wrestlers don't like some of the intensity I bring. <laughs> and I, I, when you're in a situation like that, some people wilt and some people fire up. He fired up. And uh, the end of that match is a representation of him being a gutsy performer. Let's change him from just, I'm hoping fans see him in a way now that, okay, he's very entertaining and he's good at that, but he's also gutsy. And, um, and so, yeah, that's the, uh, and as far as books, so, I just finished reading The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler. I'm in the middle. I, or I just finished fiction-wise 
Black Sun, and then in the middle of the second book in that trilogy, and then I've been really revisiting Mary Oliver's poetry. I just I feel like you can never you can never get enough of it. It's like you reread it and you see things more every time you read it. So, yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brian Denise Salcedo, I wanted to ask you, given the success of AW All In, I wanted to get your thoughts on the show and everything that happened. So, uh, I loved it. As somebody who loves wrestling, loves wrestling, still loves wrestling. I've been wrestling for 24 years and I still love wrestling. I, uh, I was like, oh man, I don't know how they're going to top that. And then I go, oh, I don't know how they're going to top that. And when you go out there and do what Mox and Orange Cassidy did in the main event, after all the great wrestling before that, I think it's very hard to argue that John Moxley is not the best wrestler in the world. And there was a time when I would have said that about myself. But I find it very hard to argue that John Moxley's not the best. And and one of the only arguments against that might be Orange Cassidy. So I I was just thrilled with the show. I was thrilled with the Chicago crowd. It was uh yeah, it felt like an epic event as I'm watching it um with the boys in the locker room and we're watching it and we're high-fiving and we're like, that was awesome. That was awesome. Around the monitor, around the monitor during that main event with Mox and Orange Cassidy, I was around at least six people go, oh, and to get wrestlers who see everything to go, oh, oh, one, there was one thing and I can't remember quite what it was. I was eating an apple. <laughs> I was eating an apple and I was like, oh, and like, I had to run to the other side because I was choking on this apple and spitting it out. And then, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And then, yeah, it was, it, but like, it was great. You watch a wrestling show that's that, that's that good. You can't help but get like excited and have fun. And yeah, it was great. Hi, Brian. Uh, Phil from Bleacher Report. Um, Obviously, you stepped in tonight to replace CM Punk in a storyline that was ongoing on Collision. Uh, you also, there was talks early on of you stepping in a creative role on Collision. Um, how much are you interested in stepping into that void going forward with Collision and helping out on Saturdays? Uh, I mean, one of the ethics that I believe in is you step up when you need to step up, right? That's an ethic. It's uh, it's interesting when you're crossing between real life and story things when you're talking about it. But when we're us as the BCC, as a collective, who are real friends, who we take stepping up seriously, whether that is in story or in real life. And I think nobody's a better example of that than John Moxley, who has stepped up every time that we need him to. And so that's the thing. Um, I, I just see it as kind of a way of life for us as far as, Hey, if you need us, if like, okay, if there's something that needs to happen, I'll say, Hey, Tony, I can do this. Or, or Mox will say, I can do this. There is nothing that if Tony needs that we won't do for him. Right. And that goes with creative that goes with doing a match tonight that goes with anything, you know, anything like that. 
Brian, first off, congratulations on a phenomenal match tonight. Uh, Leo Angelo with Distracted by Wrestling. And I had a question. So where do we see the BCC go from here? Because after last night at Collision, you came out to a thunderous applause and a round of cheers. And whereas lately the BCC has been showing very, how do you say, crazy tactics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so where would you say you now with you returning, you do fall into like in place along with their antics? Oh, I mean, I like to think that we we can straddle the line between anything. I like so I didn't wrestle necessarily today like a good guy. I strapped Ricky Starks in the face. Uh but I love Ricky Steamboat and he uh, refereed a match between me and Loki in 2001 that really helped put my career on the map. Um, he refereed, he's refereed actually multiple of my matches. He was a producer for me in WWE when I was there. Um, he is just a legendary figure in professional wrestling who continues to give and give and give. And so like, uh, so coming out to say to do this thing with him, it puts me in a good guy role, but you could also see me at the very end stabbing somebody with a screwdriver, right? <laughs> like, like there, there's nothing, there's nothing that's, oh, Brian Danielson wouldn't do that. Like he might do that. <laughs> so, so, and I think that's within the realm of our, of our characters. Hey, Brian, Mike Shalik from SU Scoops. Incredible match tonight, just beautifully violent. It was really something. Um, you've laid out a couple of reasons already why you competed tonight, you know, the, feeling the desire to step up, to work with Ricky Steamboat, to work with Ricky Starks. Um, you're returning about a month sooner than, you know, the conventional wisdom was that was your time frame for returning. Um, should we consider you back full time now, or was this just like a fill-in night? And how's the arm feeling after tonight? So the arm feels great. Uh, Nigel McGuinness has succinctly pointed out many times at this point that we have 206 bones in our body. 205 of mine are perfectly okay. And, um, and even the 206 is, uh, is almost impenetrable at this point. Um, but we have great doctors here and there's there's a certain uh, magic to pro wrestling you know like uh i've talked about this before magicians don't necessarily reveal their secrets but because we have the best best fans in the world here at aw and people are legitimately concerned for my safety so i will pull back the curtain a little bit in this there was a lot of smoke and mirrors tonight and i was in no danger whatsoever, other than the regular danger that you could do getting a, a hip toss. But I didn't even throw a strike with my right arm. And I don't think anybody noticed. And, um, and so there are all these things that you can do to uh, avoid, and especially where, where I'm at in the healing process. And we talked to not just Dr. Sampson, who I love, and he... You know, and we went through every single thing in that with him. But we talked to the surgeon who has no interest. It, he, it doesn't matter to him if I wrestle on this pay-per-view or not. It, it, like, he's just giving us 
his recommendation and to say like, hey, can, can I do this? What do you think about this? And so all of that was talked through with doctors. So it was like, I felt very comfortable doing it. The company felt very comfortable doing it. Our doctors, outside doctors, felt very comfortable with us doing it. And, uh, and yeah, here I am, and I feel great. Brian Rowitz, Good Karma Wrestling. How important was tonight and this weekend helping the company move forward? Oh, I mean, yeah, tonight was awesome. And last week was awesome. And I think that's, that's the thing. The, there's things that are behind us, but we're moving forward. And we're moving forward in a way that it's exciting. It's exciting. It's ex like AEW is a product to be excited about right now. And, um, and I think that, that, show, that showed on Sunday, that showed tonight, that showed on Dynamite and Collision. And so, yeah, I think uh, like everybody's, everybody's stoked and we're excited to, to do what we do. A few more for Brian. Here. Steve Muehausen from DAZN. Brian, great match. This is a question for really you and Tony. The crowd went nuts for Final Countdown, and it seemed like that was a one-time thing at Forbidden Door. Is that going to be more of a permanent fixture, Tony? Or Well, it's uh, not all dependent on me. Like trades and sports, it's sometimes uh, everything's in, you know, two parties' hands or multiple parties' hands in this case. So I would love to use Final Countdown again. Hopefully we can keep working it out. I uh, got it for two pay-per-views and we were able to use it on these two great shows. And I think it was awesome to have that moment in Toronto at Forbidden Door and awesome to come back to Chicago for All Out and have a uh, final countdown here in Chicago. It means a lot to me personally because I'm such a huge fan of wrestling and in particular, I'm a huge fan of Brian Danielson. And to have Brian come out to final countdown again, the first time I went, as he'll tell, attest, I went absolutely crazy. It meant a lot to me and a lot of people backstage. And then to do it again tonight and have the Chicago fans get that experience. I think everybody, you heard the crowd, they went nuts for it. I'd love to do it again. And I think it really is beneficial also to the band and to the rights holders because we've seen, well, we, I track the, I track the charts and, you know, I haven't been able to look tonight, but I did look around Forbidden Door and Final Countdown moved way up in the iTunes charts up into uh, like a high position and stayed there. Uh, for a while after the Toronto Forbidden Door show. And I'm sure tonight, again, there's going to be more downloads, more streams of Final Countdown. So when artists work with us and let us license the music and we use a lot of great music in AEW, I really believe it's beneficial in multiple ways because I'll pay a licensing fee gladly uh, because we use great music and I'm happy to pay for it. But also, uh, you know, it's good because I think it gets more downloads and streams for them too. Uh, but definitely Final Countdown, I was excited to use it because as far as I know, uh, Forbidden Door in Toronto and All Out Tonight in Chicago are the first two times in your career that the song has been used legally with permission. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's really fun for me and also sometimes really frustrating because um, Final Countdown is one of those things that just gets stuck in your head. So like uh, I was just in the locker room before this and there were multiple people. Yeah, multiple people going dun -dun -dun -dun, dun -dun 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 -dun. and like then it gets stuck in my head and I'm walking in, 
internally i'm not actually humming it but internally i'm going and so yeah also it's like uh i was super i've never wrestled in the united center before last yesterday was my first time um in the united center ever uh every time i see a bulls jersey i'm sorry chicago i get a little bit bitter because of the 96 nba finals i was a huge supersonics fan i wanted to tell dennis rodman that Sean Kemp owned him in that series, but I did not. Uh, <laughs> you guys still won. I don't, there's, you can't boo me for trying to hold on to one little thing when at the time no Seattle franchise had ever won any world championship since I had been alive. So if I, if I held on to a grudge for a little bit too long, you have to give me that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just really cool to hear it in the United Center when I did so many Ring of Honor shows here in Chicago uh, with that. And, to, and you know, and one of, this is one of the things that's fascinating about wrestling and wrestling fans is you would think that people wouldn't know about that. Because when I was at my most popular, you know, they, I didn't come out to that. It was, you know, I thought it was a niche thing. And then when... And I knew maybe in Toronto and that sort of thing, well, maybe there'll be some people who will be into it, but uh, to have two shows like this where it came out and there's so many people uh, were into it, it was was really cool. It's awesome. Hi, Brandon Thurston, uh, WrestleNomics. Uh, recently in an interview, Tony said that if, if anything ever happens to him, there's, there's one person to hand all the responsibility over to, and that was you. Um, that would be a lot of responsibility, Brian. Oh. Nobody wants that. Believe me. Nobody, yeah. wants, my job. Nobody wants my job. He's seen it a yeah, lot yeah. of it up close. So as, as time goes on and you know, people get older and maybe you wrestle less, is that something you see for yourself to be even more of a leader backstage and with creative and things like that? Yeah. So I, you know, it's hard because I love that aspect of it so much, but I also love being with my family and, um, and going to shows uh, takes you away from your family. And my daughter, oh, my, my poor wife, she, I told her like, hey, you know, these, you know, things might happen tonight. And she watched the show tonight with our kids and our, and our son, who's oh, three buddy. years old, oh, buddy. he's so great, but he's also a maniac. Our daughter, who's six, she was terrified. Our son, buddy, loved it. Like, oh, yeah, it's like, hit daddy more. Like, oh, this is, the, yeah, uh, this is great. But our daughter, she says to me, uh, she says to me things like this. Daddy, you're going to be done wrestling when I, when I turn seven, right? Like, you're going to be home every day when I turn seven. And that's that's really hard that's really hard to turn down right like and you know we i have been very fortunate to have this thing that i love that i do um a huge part of my life for 23 plus years but then it, at one point it was it felt like if not the most important thing one of the most important things but then new things become important things and uh, seeing my kids do the things that they love to do and being there for them because, and also being there for my wife, because if you, any of you are parents or single parents, 
single parenting is hard, like uh, regardless of what you do. And so all of that to say, uh, I've got, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of thinking to do. It's not like all, all of that to say is that's not a no. It's a, how do I make this work with, while still keeping the meaningful things in my life, like the things that I find to be important, putting them as the top priority. So that's, that's really, if you can figure that out, if you can figure out this little jigsaw puzzle or whatever it is of how to balance running a wrestling company with, (laughs) with, uh, with two kids and being able to go to their soccer games or going to go to my daughter's dance recitals or going to any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, those are, those are just puzzles to figure out or sometimes, you know, the pieces don't fit and then it's, and then I've had a good run and it might be time to move on. You know what I mean? So I'm also not planning to get hit by a bus or, or, but you never know. And seriously, I told my dad, you never know. But if anything did happen to me, that would be the person I think who could do the most for you and, and everybody respects. And I, I think everyone uh, knows is one of the smartest people in wrestling and one of the most respected. But definitely uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I hope as we go into these coming weeks, it feels like maybe working on Saturdays might be good for your work-life balance yes, too. Yes, absolutely. And then, uh, and then also to say that professional wrestling has given me so much and AEW and Tony have given me so much. And if for whatever reason, even if it's not him getting hit by a bus, uh, if I could step in and, and help during a time of need, I would probably do it because that's um, this place is I love pro wrestling. Like I mentioned before, this place is so good for professional wrestling. The fact that 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 this exists and the fact that Tony started this has made all of us within the professional wrestling lives or within the professional wrestling world has made all of our lives better and it's given talent more options when there weren't options before it um, it gives the fans of professional wrestling different things to watch and different styles to watch. You can, there is a difference between watching dynamite and watching collision. So even it within AEW, it's giving you different flavors. And so I hesitate to think what it would be like if Tony had never started AEW. Um, it's kind of weird to think about it because we lived in that realm with no WCW um, and no like real major secondary promotion until Tony started AEW. We lived in the, in that realm for what was that? Because it was 2001, so 18, 19 years, right? And it was really like in the last couple of years. First of all, our pay per view numbers have really consistently all, from the very beginning of AEW been far ahead of the pay per view numbers WCW put up in the last few years. So really, the '90s would be the last time there was that kind of legitimate uh, challenger brand in pro wrestling. I call it a challenger brand. And what's really cool is there was a time that WCW rose to be more than a challenger brand. They were an industry leader. And in major markets, WCW was the number one. And there were business metrics where WCW, 96, 97, 98 was the number one wrestling company in the world. And it's really exciting for us because, you know, 
like you talked about when we launched as a challenger promotion, that's what we aim to be. But now there's markets. There's really important parts of the pro wrestling business where AEW is number one. We've sold the most tickets of any sold wrestling show Sold the most ever. tickets of any wrestling show ever. Who would have thought that five years ago, right? And, um, and it's just incredible. And it's not just giving, giving wrestlers more options from, a, from an employment perspective. There's all the people backstage that are that get jobs from this too and so it's just yeah uh yeah it's just an incredible it's an incredible thing that this exists and so and it and it required and it requires a lot of work so thanks man well it's uh it, i can't say that anybody uh whether it's in the ring or behind the scenes there's nobody uh, i've ever met that's more dedicated to pro wrestling and more selfless and willing to give to other wrestlers and uh give to the sport than brian danielson and I think that's why his legacy is going to endure forever. He's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Uh, I love working with Brian. Uh, this year, especially, uh, have gotten to spend more time with him, getting to know him better and better, and uh, really love to bounce ideas off him and talk to him every week about stuff. I think my travel schedule and the work schedule I keep up is so ridiculous that, uh, you know, for a few weeks, Brian, like, flew with me. And uh, I think that was uh, that was ill fated. He couldn't keep up with the ridiculous pace that is my that is me. And he made a really good recommendation to me it's for me to get uh, like a a production. I not I don't know what the best word to use is, but somebody to help me as a coordinator, like who travel with me, help me keep myself organized, like an organizer to work with me because I do so much and I do so much stuff. And somebody who pit comes up with really good ideas, somebody who's also really selfless and has the same spirit. And that was Jimmy Jacobs. And Jimmy came in. It was Brian's idea. Jimmy flies everywhere with me, everywhere I go. And it was a great idea by Brian because now I have somebody like who goes everywhere. He moved to Jacksonville. And uh, the the big backyard that is Jacksonville, Florida, where I do have all the booking, uh, he's, you know, to have somebody I can fly in and out of uh, every show with, it's really great. It was a great suggestion for Brian. And I think it probably helped you get back to the good work-life balance for you where you don't have to fly everywhere with me. every <laughs> show. And, uh, and uh, but... I think uh, it's been really good this year because we added collision. So going from three hours a week of wrestling television to five hours is a major, major leap. And now we've been doing more events. Last year, we stepped it up. We had done four pay-per-views the year before. And uh, last year, we added Forbidden Door. That was a huge success, biggest debut of any of the events. But somebody who was supposed to be a huge part of the event was Brian. So it really meant a lot to me this year to be able to have Brian involved in Forbidden Door, have the show be even bigger, sell more tickets, sell more pay-per-views, and have Brian in the main event versus Okada to see who the greatest wrestler of all is. And uh, Brian. And then we just find out it's John Moxley. <laughs> and then tonight, the international title, and that's a great segue for what's going on in AEW. John Moxley. Uh, knocked it out of the park for us again. And John Moxley, the most decorated star ever in AEW, the three-time world champion, and now the, the international champion. And I think it's really cool. The international title was established by Pac, who's one of AEW's great wrestlers. And like Brian, was somebody, uh, along with Brian and Jamie Hayter, great stars of AEW. I really was hoping Pac also would be wrestling at Wembley Stadium. Pac's the first ever champion. Uh, first person ever to hold that title. He was actually the double champion, also held the World Trios Championship. And he established the title, defended it around the world, and really made it and helped set the grounds for what became this great international title. And then there's Orange Cassidy. I think, like you said, if, there, if there's somebody else who's also in the conversation, there's you, there's John Moxley, there's a lot of great wrestlers in the world, a lot of people on top. Orange Cassidy this year 
has had such an amazing year. And I know you've said it, you've said it here in front of the media, a lot of these same people and just in the scrum in general and uh, backstage and definitely so many people feel that way that Orange Cassidy has been a top person for AEW this year and, and in the world of wrestling. I think he really did so much then for the international championship. I thought it was very fitting that he won the championship from PAC, which was, you know, a match I really believe strongly in to have the title change hands in Canada, first international title change, fittingly enough. And PAC Orange Cassidy is a great rivalry in and of itself. It's a trivia question. I believe it's the only match in AEW ever to be watched over 40 million times. The Orange Cassidy PAC match has 40 million views online. And when you throw the pay-per-views in, over 40 million people have seen it. That's pretty crazy. So that rivalry started here. That was actually Orange Cassidy's first ever match. And I imagine a lot of you were there at Revolution 2020 when he debuted and the crowd has been behind him from the beginning. But to see how far it's come, I really thought that the championship, international championship specifically, I thought that the international championship has become one of the most prestigious championships in wrestling, largely due to what Orange Cassidy has been doing week after week after week on TV, on all the different shows. And we've seen him on different nights of the week coming in, whether it was Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, having great matches and uh, multiple pay-per-views time after time, nearly a year he's been the champion. And I thought that he made the championship with his hard work, such a prestigious championship that one of the biggest stars in wrestling, John Moxley, would covet that championship, that John Moxley would want to chase that championship. And we did all in last week. And as I was saying before, Brian came in, a lot of people thought that maybe would have been on the all in card, but the all in card was huge. It was the biggest thing we've ever done. And people were thrilled. It was like a rave review show on every level, the, the spectacle, the ticket sales, the record uh, business, and also just a great wrestling show. And it was important then to come here and be able to deliver for Chicago, be able to deliver for all out and say, now we've set a precedent that we do all in, we do all out. And people wonder, how are they going to follow all in? Well, we save big matches, but we still can do something great at Wembley Stadium and come back to Chicago. So it's unconventional, as we were asked before, is it unconventional to run uh, Wembley Stadium and then come run the United Center and do back-to-back pay-per-views? Maybe it's unconventional, but we delivered. And I think when you have a roster this deep, you know, it shows that we can do it. And then, like you said, John Moxley in the main event delivered, showed why he's maybe the best wrestler in the world and why the international title is one of the top championships in all of wrestling, maybe the number one title, certainly the title that's gained the most ground in all of pro wrestling this year. And I would say in a really long time. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Thank you guys. And, uh, and, and as usual, I, and especially with what has transpired over the week, thank you all for being so, so professional with us and asking us great questions and just being uh, excellent in general. So thank you very much. Have a great night, guys. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate it. Whoa. Whoa. Imagine I do that. Okay. Imagine I do that strap match and then I get hurt walking off a stage. <laughs> that would be my life. <laughs> oh, man. What a week. What a week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got to say, so before I, before I, I'll gladly stay and take lots of questions on a wrestling level, I have to say I'm really excited because it's, it's hard when you add content and try and build the company. And I really believe AEW has grown in it. Now you can't deny it because like I said, we went from 
three hours of TV to five hours of TV. We're still delivering great shows week after week, and the pay-per-views have been better this year than ever before. So as far as the locker room, I really believe the AEW wrestlers stepped up this past week, and they put on a lot of miles. There's a lot of people on this show who are also in London, and a lot of people, you know, everybody traveled overseas to get to London. I mean, there's really none of the people that wrestled on the show were there already, except, well, I guess Will Ospreay. I got to give him that. Uh, but even he, I think, was traveling from Japan. And uh, to have a crew that worked that hard, traveled, and uh, then came here and put on another pay-per-view that was arguably the show of the year, I'm really proud of it. And I think, again, this year, when you look at the pay-per-views we've delivered across AEW and Ring of Honor, it's hard for any wrestling company in the world to say they've done better major events than AEW Revolution, uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, Forbidden Door, and now just a week apart, all in and all out. And for AEW, a historic year, something different than not only anything we've ever done, but any wrestling company's ever done. I just can't put enough emphasis on we sold the most tickets of any show ever. That's really important. So it's, a, it's important that I mention it. Uh, and for us to follow up this week, it was really important because I think now we've set a precedent we, that people know all out's going to deliver because there were a lot of questions what this was going to be and how this was going to work and to the question i got earlier there were a lot of questions about how this was going to work out tactically so everybody's really delivered under really high pressure circumstances the staff and the wrestlers really had a great week here TK Trinidad from Women's Wrestling Talk. So you talked about wrestlers and giving them opportunities. About two days ago, Sunny Kiss's name was removed from the AEW site. There hasn't been any. You guys haven't talked about it. Sunny hasn't talked about it. So just asking what, what happened. I really like Sunny Kiss. We have a roster of over 100 wrestlers now across AEW. And uh, Sunny is a great wrestler. I think uh, I've done a lot to really keep the locker room stable. And I have a lot of people that I not only keep under contract, but also I've done well, I think, to not do like major mass layoffs and let 20, 30 people go at a time. But I do think I can't renew every single contract in AEW. It would be impossible. And uh, with such a big roster and a limited amount of TV spots, I think Sonny Kiss is a great wrestler um, and had a lot of potential from the very beginning of AEW and still has a lot of potential as a wrestler. And I really like Sonny Kiss. Uh, I think Sonny Kiss could certainly be back potentially too. We've seen wrestlers uh, go on and do some exciting stuff and come back like Stu Grayson, for example. So uh, you never know uh, what the future holds for Sonny Kiss or AEW, but I think Sonny Kiss has a lot of talent and uh, I definitely wish him the best as a wrestler and still really hold Sonny in very high regard. I, it's true that I didn't renew that contract, but not because uh, I don't like Sonny. I like really, because I book all the matches and I do all the paperwork and put everything down on paper. I like Sonny a lot and everything, every opportunity Sonny's had, every match I booked Sonny in, I put some thought into and, and put it together. But I uh, would say the same of every wrestler here. And right now with a huge crew, I think it's hard to get everybody on TV. And, uh, you know, one thing that also is a challenge, to be honest, is losing dark and elevation. And it's put more of an emphasis on, five hours of television. So I think some of that was made up with TV spots. So, so a lot of people have stepped up, but the roster has grown and grown. There's more wrestlers than there were when we started. It's a much, much bigger roster than the original AEW roster that Sonny was a great part of. And uh, 
Sonny and a number of people who are not necessarily with AEW anymore will keep an eye on them. And certainly I'd be open to bringing them back. You know, if uh, something opens up, if I get an idea for a story or if anybody has an idea that I like for a story that I would do, or uh, if they get really hot and I get interested. So uh, I think Sonny's got a lot of potential still and is a young person. So, uh, you know, definitely open to that. And dark and elevation. I think Sonny wrestled a lot on those shows and uh, that's, something that we don't really have right now. And uh, the TV spots are tight. So that's a lot of what it is, but certainly Sonny's a good wrestler. Thanks. Hi, Tony, uh, Kimmy Sokol from the Pop Break. So this pay-per-view was very Ring of Honor heavy. We saw a lot of the Ring of Honor champions on it. Is that something that we could see more in the future or was this kind of like a one-time thing? I thought it was a great opportunity having the shows across these two weeks feature a lot of the great champions in wrestling across AEW, Ring of Honor, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that was what we did. And so there were a lot of great stars featured across this past week on All In and All Out. And tonight, a lot of the Ring of Honor champions competed. We saw some of that last week, too, but even more so tonight. And the ring, really, the Ring of Honor roster right now is so strong with great champions. When you've got uh, a world champion like Claudio Castagnoli, who was in a great match tonight, and a great world TV champion like Samoa Joe, who's been dominant. He right now has one of the longest reigns in the history of the ROH World TV title. He's chasing the longest reign ever. And if you look at Samoa Joe's reign, there's a lot of really good matches and really good opponents since Samoa Joe arrived. And pretty quickly after his arrival, he won the World TV title. He's defended it a lot of times against some of the top stars. And Samoa Joe is one of the top stars in wrestling. I thought it was fascinating uh, what happened, the confrontation with Samoa Joe and MJF on this pay-per-view. It was a really exciting way to get the show going. It was a really hot start. Uh, to the pay-per-view to have those two going at it after the very first match. Uh, so those are big stars. And speaking of Ring of Honor, that's another Ring of Honor champion, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, MJF and Adam Cole. MJF, the top star and the number one champion, the AEW World Champion, to have the uh, AEW World Champion holding the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, I think is a really big deal. And then to have the AEW uh, really... I have to say, not only the AEW champion, but also one of the most popular stars in wrestling right now, MJF, and to have another one of the most popular stars in wrestling, Adam Cole, teaming up. And Adam Cole has so much great history in Ring of Honor. Adam Cole's held every championship in ROH pretty much now, and uh, he's probably the most decorated star ever in ROH. So it's a great group of wrestlers. And then also Athena, I really wanted to feature tonight. She's been doing some great work with Billy Starks. I thought about getting Billy Starks in. Billy Starks wasn't cleared. And uh, I found that out yesterday, so I changed around some of the stuff I was thinking about, but I still thought it was great to get a lot of the top stars, six of the great women in AEW, including some great champions featured on the card. And, uh, of course, the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Champions were a big part of the over-budget charity battle royal, and it was great to see the money going to a good cause because if somebody from the Mogul Embassy had won, I think Prince Nana had said it probably was not going to go to a very good cause. And, <laughs> And uh, so I thought that was a lot of fun. So Ring of Honor's got some great wrestlers right now, great champions. And with MJF and Adam Cole winning the World Tag Team Championship last week, that's, I mean, that's pretty massive. You have some of the top stars, in addition to Claudio, Samoa Joe, Athena, so many other great wrestlers holding these championships. And then there's one of the great legends who we saw tonight, and somebody it means a lot to everybody in the locker room, and me personally, every time he steps in here, and that's Katsuyori Shibata, the Ring of Honor pure champion. He's a great legend. And we love featuring him anytime we can. It's a really big deal uh, to have Shibata 
wrestling here. It's a big deal to have Shibata wrestling at all. It's a big deal anytime Shibata steps in the ring because nobody ever thought it was going to happen again. And now he's part of the roster. He's a full-time wrestler in Ring of Honor. He's a great champion. Think about all the great matches Shibata's had in this past year in America with us. He's part of our roster. It's really cool Shibata's in our locker room, and that's one of the exciting things happening. So ROH has this great group of champions. So, of course, you want to feature them, but uh, AEW is the biggest platform in all of wrestling. We proved it over this past week, and it's great to have so many great champions we can rely on. AEW bringing people in from New Japan and other companies, and, of course, Ring of Honor is right here close to home. Thanks. Hey, Tony. <laughs> you go next. Well, sure. yeah. uh, so last night we saw the Young Bucks on collision for the first time. Um, in light of recent shakeups, do you anticipate, I know we don't have like a, a firm split between the two shows in terms of the rosters, but do you anticipate maybe easing the borders and having more crossovers? Do you anticipate maybe sending a big name over to Saturday nights? Well, I think what, you know, one thing I'm interested in, Brian Danielson, like he said, I think Saturdays are probably more conducive to Brian's life and his personal life. So it's a good question. I think that's one thing we could keep in mind. Brian going to collision. Really, this is the first time Brian's been cleared to go over and do anything in a while since Forbidden Door. So that was pretty cool because collision was really just getting off the ground. We were just starting the show uh, when Brian got injured. And uh, definitely that is somebody that you could see there more often. I think. There's a lot of wrestlers that you could see on either show. For example, Darby Allen and Christian Cage have been straddling the line. In particular, Darby Allen, we've seen all over the place. I think a lot of the top stars have been appearing one place or the other, but certainly both shows have a separate identity, a feel. There are some people you might see in one place more than others. Sometimes that's because it's maybe a more convenient night for them in their life, but also sometimes it's more just the different feel of the show. And I think somebody's more conducive. Uh, one way or the other, but we've got something really great going. I thought it was a great episode of Collision last night, and uh, I'm very, very excited uh, about what we've got. In, you know, now with five hours of TV, so it's cool because we've been able to launch another show, make it feel different, and create a cool identity for it. But I think there's a lot of wrestlers that would fit great with what we're doing on Collision, and and a lot of people that have really been hitting out of the park. I think it was great. You know, Dax and Jay White had a great main event last night. I thought that was an awesome uh, main event match, a real long, classic, hard-hitting match. Uh, Christian Cage and Darby Allen had a great main event a few weeks ago, and there's been so many great main events with all the people on the show, uh, and I think we can hopefully keep that going for a long time. Thanks. John Muse, Wrestling Observer. How you doing? Uh, great show tonight. Thank Are you. there any business notes you can share, like uh, gate, attendance, uh, early read on the uh, pay-per-view buy rate, anything like that? Well, I know it was over 100,000, they told me, which was like my kind of my, my goal, because it was like, if we can do closer to 200,000 last week and come back and hit 100,000 and do, you know, probably close to 300,000 pay-per-view buys in one week, that's by far the most in the history of the company in one week. Break all of our ticket sales records. I think we've sold probably around, uh, I think, about 100,000 tickets this week, which is pretty amazing across the shows. Uh, so that's by far a record for us. Uh, and uh, it was about 10,000 tickets tonight. And uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know we had about 10,000. And the gate, I think, was probably $800,000. Really, really strong gate, really big. And uh, I maybe a little more. And uh, But, you know, again, to have a week where, you know, probably about $11 million and, uh, over $11 million in ticket sales, I guess. And, uh, and over a hundred thousand fans is pretty cool. Uh, and 
definitely the biggest week in our history, but I think it's also something I believe is sustainable. And if you can do something like that every year across this week, wow, we built something really special. So people wondered what success would look like tonight. And to me, that's it. I mean, if you can do close to 10,000 and sell over 100,000 on pay-per-view and you know, come in somewhere close to that, you know, over three quarter of a million, million dollar gate range, that's a big deal. And uh, people wondered what all out was going to be. We set a great precedent because now if we're doing all in every year and all out, I think people know we're going to deliver a great all out. And I think everyone really got their money's worth, the people that came to all in and all out and the people that ordered both shows. So I felt really good about it. I think uh, spacing the shows out a week and using a lot of the same people in different matches across the shows, not just doing the same match in both cities across the, you know, I think that's important. And um, I think everybody wants the sun, the moon and the stars. And if I can give everybody on both shows, the sun, the moon, and at least like, some stars, if not all the stars, it's great. And I, I think uh, if both shows were about as close to perfect as you could possibly be. So I was really happy with all the wrestling and everything. And uh, the, the crowds were amazing. I mean, the crowd tonight in Chicago, one of the greatest uh, really uh, shows we've ever done. I really believe that because there was so much pressure to have a great show tonight. And coming off the huge show last week, uh, the questions of what this was going to be. And then, uh, you know, of course, last week in London, it was a magical, magical show. So really awesome. And, uh, business notes, I think, like I said, I think it's, I don't know the exact number, but I would say about 10,000 fans, I think is, is roughly it and, uh, give or take. And, uh, that's great. And, uh, really also, like I told you, I know we're over a hundred thousand on pay-per-view, which is huge because that was really a milestone because people wondered what we would do tonight, given what happened last week with a huge pay-per-view and the record number, I think, uh, in the wake of that, we showed it's maybe a sustainable model, which is awesome. I think definitely a sustainable model, which is awesome. Hey, Tony, uh, Rick Uccino, uh, SB Nation, CagesideSeats.com. Uh, I think last year at All Out, uh, the crowd in Chicago uh, kind of launched uh, Scissor Me Daddy into the atmosphere. And tonight we saw the birth of the meat division uh, between Miro. I said that and, myself. Yeah. I said that myself when they came back, <laughs> that it felt like it was that that at all out last year with the, this match was that match. It was like this year's all out winner of being crowned the match by the fans that, yeah. you know, just like I, exactly what you just said. I said the same thing when they came back. Yeah. The, the meat division, but you know, hearing all those different <laughs> chants with them putting meat in and interchanging and doing everything in unison to this match, which was great on its own, but the added atmosphere of the audience with that, you know, as a, wrestling promoter and a fan what's going through your mind as you're watching all of this unfold and also kind of a two-parter here what's the uh all elite status on cj perry who we saw at the end of that match well uh cj i'll start with that i think it's great to have cj here i you know it's not a, a long-term guaranteed thing or anything but for at least for tonight it was great to have her appearing with us and i thought it was a great surprise it was a great show uh miro and hobbs was a match i really believed would be great for all out and you know, it's important to have great matches on both shows. All In was a classic, and it felt like the show was perfect. And after everybody was saying that was a home run show in every way, it felt like a massive spectacle, felt like an event, a cultural event. And then uh, it also was great wrestling, and it hit every button. And then to come here and do this, I knew we'd need big matches this week. And Miro and Hobbs have been having great interactions and building excitement for the match, especially on Saturdays on Collision. And they've both been a part of the Collision show since the beginning. And it's really exciting to have 
them come back here to the United Center where we had the very first episode of Collision and both of them have been involved really most weeks on Saturdays and now to come back here and have that match. And I think it was for both men, I really believe one of the greatest matches of their careers. Miro's got, been wrestling longer than Hobbs. And I think for both of them, though, it was one of their best matches. I'd put it up there with any match either of them has ever had. And both of them have some great ones. I think Miro here uh, had a great one with Eddie Kingston. And she, it, uh, you know, outside the city limits uh, in uh, Hoffman Estates nearby. Uh, it's still in the great state of Illinois. And that was a great match. But um, there are very few matches I could put up there that either of them has ever had. And it was a great, one of the best matches on one of the best shows we've ever done. So really uh, huge hats off to both. Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. And it was it was a nice surprise, tip of the cap to CJ Perry as well. Uh, hey, Tony, it's Nick Hausman, House Rustin again. Uh, I just want to ask about Jack Perry. Was there any punishment handed down to him? And do you think, do you see any punishment if there wasn't handed down to him in the future? He's been suspended indefinitely. I think we've uh, suspended uh, everybody in that investigation and then uh, took further action after that based on what happened and came out of the investigation. But uh, as for Jack, uh, we suspended Jack and, uh, you know, as a participant in an incident backstage and Jack hasn't been around, but uh, that's all I could say about it. But at the time we, we did suspend him and he hasn't been at AEW since AEW all in backstage in London. Hi, Tony, Iridian Fierro, Fightful. So we had Collision and All Out here at the United Center, but we had Dynamite and a little bit of Rampage at Hoffman Estates and at the Now Arena. So talk to me a little bit about that relationship and if we're going to lean more towards now the United Center or still stay a little bit further away from Chicago and Hoffman Estates. Is Raph back here? Hey, Raph, can I say, is, it, is that public knowledge what's here next year? Or is that like secret, will I get, is the Secret Service going to come? in here and yeah okay uh okay well uh-oh uh so they have something pretty big booked here next year i may not be able to get into the united center next year so we'll see i think the now arena is a great option and the original home uh i would love to run the united center any and every year i do think there's something that may be unbumpable next summer here i'll put it that way uh and uh you know the for once, I think the people at the United Center will be answering uh, uh, to the authorities uh, that are higher than those, uh, even the the commissioner and general manager of a wrestling league. So we'll see what's coming, what's coming here next summer. But there's something pretty big coming here next summer. I think that, like I said, the kind of uh, thing that's probably unbumpable. So next summer, maybe the Now Arena, we'll see where we end up. I'd like to keep this event in Chicago forever, so I'm sure I'm going to find a way to do that. I don't think it's going to be possible in 2024 to use the United Center because I think there's something else here in 2024. Uh, hey. Hi, uh, Brandon Thurston, Wrestleomics. Uh, with, with CM Punk being terminated, does does a non-compete period come with, with that that would prevent him from wrestling? Prevent him from appearing for another wrestling company for say ninety days or something like that. I I don't want to discuss the terms of the separation in that sense. I think it's uh, best to say like uh, first of all, I very much want to thank CM Punk, Phil for everything he did for AEW as a wrestler. Uh, but I don't think it was an easy decision for anybody on the the discipline committee or for uh, the outside counsel or for me uh, to to do something like that. But I do think uh, it was the right move. And uh, as far as what's going to 
happen in the future. I can't uh, speak to that, but I'm not the uh, the attorneys who interpret all that language and stuff. Thanks. Hey, Tony, Dominic D'Angelo, uh, Inside the Ropes. Uh, I wanted to kind of get more of a perspective. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's been a pretty big factor, I think, in AEW over the past uh, year and coming in and everything like that. Kind of wanted to get more of a perspective of how you, what you've learned from him, like from his promoting aspect, and as well as uh, his ability to kind of tell a story in a match as well. Uh, what, what have you learned from him? Well, I feel really strong. Jeff's not only a great mind, he's a great wrestler. Um, AEW is completely different than a lot of the pro wrestling promotions that have come before it in a lot of ways. I think uh, Jeff has so much great experience in pro wrestling, and Jeff is very different than a lot of the other wrestlers in AEW, but he's a great wrestler. He's such a smooth pro wrestler. No matter what time it is, he's a very timeless, great wrestler. I saw Jeff and Jay wrestling on the Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view, and Jay Lethal was already here, and I had said he could work that show, uh, and they were great as a team, and Jeff could really go, and I was like, man, Jeff Jarrett really can still go, and he had interest in working backstage, too, in the office, and working on some live events and uh, business development stuff. And Jeff's got a great mind for that stuff and a lot of great experience. So I thought he'd be great for that and has great connections, live events experience. So I like having Jeff in the office and he's got a great mind. I do things uh, differently. And so, you know, I think, you know, TNA is a very different company than AEW. I think uh, as far as the history of pro wrestling, some of the greatest stuff ever done in pro wrestling is in Memphis and Jeff and his family and Jerry Jarrett put together some of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. Uh, we go back to Memphis. I'm hopeful Dave Brown will join us. Uh, I love to see Dave Brown anytime. Uh, he, what a, what a great legend, what a great man and what great memories the Jarrett family has created and what a special legacy they've carved out in the pro wrestling business. It was a real loss this year to lose Jerry Jarrett and, uh, I think Jeff Jarrett is such a great credit to his family's legacy. He's great, great to have Jeff in the office, and he's still just a great wrestler, and I loved having him out there, and it was great for him to be out there for a big moment with the acclaimed and Dennis Rodman. That was pretty cool. So uh, I have a lot of time for Jeff Jarrett. I think he's great. Kevin Kelm with Sports Keto Wrestling. Obviously, Tony, you mentioned the success of these events, but – how does that affect the future? Uh, you guys are entering a window here where there's a possibility for another media relationship for the AEW brand as a television brand with premium content. Obviously, streaming options are becoming wildly uh, optional for a lot of people, cord cutting, all those different things. How does the last week improve AEW as a media property for different media partners that you could work with in the future or the ones that you work with now? Well, I think it's definitely huge milestones, huge business metrics we've created. I mean, any media property in the world is going to take notice when you tell them you just set the record for the most tickets sold for any wrestling event ever all time. That's a big deal. People want to be in business with a company like that. And now we've shown we can expand the pay-per-view calendar. Uh, it's six and counting, and now we'll go to seven with WrestleDream. I think we found something really, really special uh, with what we did here, Wembley Stadium all in and keeping – the traditional live Labor Day weekend in Chicago. I knew there'd be a market for it, and I knew we could deliver great shows back-to-back. -back. I think a lot of people questioned it, but that's why I really have stopped buying into that discourse. I really don't think there's any correlation between the discourse going into these pay-per-views and the quality of them. Look at the Forbidden Door last year. It was the show of the year. I don't think 
first of all, like people criticizing the build, like what you, you couldn't have put a human being in my chair and dealt with all the injuries and have everything make sense and be logical. You're like, oh, hey, in four days, like Cole and Punk and Danielson will all get injured and be out for the, it's like for the, all those shows and all that, like nobody planned for that. And I actually had really good stuff called. I've a couple people have uh, over the year, your plus since forbidden door i've told what i had called before all the injuries and it was some of the best stuff ever and you just have to make up new stuff and do your best and put new great new matches together when things change and i think like i said there's very little correlation between the quality of these events and the discourse about like the build towards them because i think uh the business really shows otherwise that like they have really been developed in a way that has done business and accomplish things that nobody has come in as an outsider, as an independent producer and done in the pro wrestling business in at least 20 years. And I think, uh, you know, it's really exciting because I think it's great for the wrestlers. And it's obviously, I think, really great to create so many jobs, create spots for wrestlers, create backstage jobs in wrestling. There's hundreds of people feeding their families in pro wrestling just from AEW. And I think we've pumped up an economy around us when you do shows like AEW all in and all out how many shows frankly have piggybacked off us and run events uh that benefited from us and you know good companies too rev pro is a reputable wrestling company i like their product and they just set their attendance record with a show and i think a lot of it had to do with them drawing four thousand, probably that we had eighty one thousand fans and there was a lot of traveling fans and I let a few of the people on the AEW All In card go make appearances at Rev Pro because I like Andy and I'm happy to help another wrestling promoter. He's a good guy, um, and they work with New Japan, which makes sense for me. So yeah, uh, I think right now, like when you look at the media landscape, it's really exciting because pro wrestling. That's why I got into uh, AEW because pro wrestling media rights in 2018 were escalating. And it made a lot of sense to launch a wrestling promotion when you looked at the roster you'd be able to build going into 2019. And the AEW roster has only continued to evolve and get better. And right now, I think we have the best wrestling roster in the world. Hey, Corey. Hey, what's going on, Tony? Um, so I actually have a question about Wrestle Dream that's coming up in Seattle. Um, this show is going to be on a Sunday uh, during the NFL season, which is something that you have try to avoid as much as possible um are you i, I know the um the full gear show is going to be on a saturday but it's a great question with yeah. these new pay-per-views that are going to be coming up obviously you said you want to expand obviously expanding to seven will you be competing on sundays with the nfl which obviously is a very very big a competitor in in the sense of the tv rights and everything i don't want to do it as often as i can that i am going to not try to compete with the nfl because the nfl is the biggest media property on the planet the most powerful media entity in the world not just sports but all all media and definitely the nfl is king and on october 1st i felt like it was a special opportunity to honor a special legend in wrestling because october 1st is the date last year that Antonio Inoki passed away. And I really don't think I'd be in this position if Antonio Inoki hadn't been a pioneer in pro wrestling. And certainly uh, during a period in pro wrestling where there wasn't really a strong challenger brand promotion, New Japan Pro Wrestling probably stepped up more than any other promotion and uh, put on great wrestling matches of different styles and uh, helped build a lot of great careers and a lot of people in AEW now 
wrestled for New Japan and and many of uh, the great wrestlers in AEW, many of the top stars were actually Inoki protégés like Brian Danielson, like Samoa Joe, like Katsuyori Shibata, and others. And I love working with Rocky, Rocky Romero's an Inoki student himself. So those are some of Inoki's last protégés, actually, Rocky, Samoa Joe, and Brian Danielson. And uh, October 1st is a Sunday, our next pay-per-view. It is during the NFL season. Uh, and I very rarely will put on shows during the NFL season on a Sunday, but this is a unique opportunity to honor a unique legend in wrestling, which is Antonio Inoki. I can't say every Wrestle Dream is going to be able to be on October 1st based on where it falls in the week, but at least for the first one, I really thought let's do it on October 1st uh, to honor the memory of somebody really special, a great promoter. I hope, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to honor the legacy of the great promoters before us. I went to you know, I was asked about Jeff Jarrett. I, I made sure that uh, I was there. I wanted to be there with Jeff when his father passed away. Jerry Jarrett's a great legend, and I wanted to be there as a wrestling promoter uh, to pay tribute to one of the great promoters of all time, one of the most prolific people in the history of the wrestling business. The Jarrett's are a great family. Jeff is an awesome part of AEW. He's a great executive, a great wrestler here, and his father is one of the greatest promoters of all time. And I have a lot of respect for him, and I have a lot of respect for Mr. Inoki and everything he did. And, uh, helped us get to where we are. So that's why it's October 1st this year, because that's an important day. Thanks, man. Sure. Brian Rhodes, Good Karma Wrestling. How much was the Orange Cassidy title run a message to some of the Orange naysayers? It's not, a, I think it was about Orange Cassidy being one of our top stars and Orange Cassidy really elevating a championship to the status of being one of the top championships in the sport. And by the time this show was over, John Moxley walked out as the champion. I felt like you could make the case the international championship is one of the top championships in all of wrestling. No championship has gained more ground to be in that spot and to be a pay-per-view main event championship. And John Moxley is one of the biggest stars in all of wrestling. And the fact that he was chasing that title and chasing Orange Cassidy and John Moxley, one of the biggest stars in wrestling, now has a lot to live up to as the international champion, which is amazing because Orange Cassidy set such a great precedent. So I've always believed in Orange Cassidy from the very beginning. It's cool to be back in Chicago where it began because Orange Cassidy came so far. And Orange Cassidy, people might forget, he really put himself on the map as a star in Chicago at the original revolution three and a half years ago against Pac. And like I said, it was the most watched match ever in AEW. Over 40 million people have watched that match. And... Orange Cassidy didn't come out the winner that night either, but he advanced himself and became an even bigger star. And tonight, I think it legitimized in another way. Orange Cassidy has had this amazing run, and this might have been the best match yet and one of the greatest runs I've ever seen and certainly one of the greatest runs we've ever had here in AEW. And uh, if it had to end, there's no more fitting way after all these great championships. Orange Cassidy was just getting more and more broken down, and the workload was really wearing on him. Uh, I think it made sense for John Moxley to be the person to shut it down and for it to be here at all out to put an exclamation point on the biggest week ever in AEW and one of the most successful weekends any promotions ever had in pro wrestling as far as putting on a great week of shows over seven days and for us hitting new heights as a business. Thanks. Final question. Right here, Tony. Stephen Milhausen from the Zone and great show tonight, Tony. And you look at the magnitude of all in you look at the unfortunate situation that happened during the week this week and you look at a lot of people would say it was a very questionable show tonight and you guys knocked it out of the park 
Would you say this is it fair to say this is the most challenging week for you personally and professionally? I think it's been the most challenging week for me personally and professionally, but it's not all down to wrestling either. There's a lot going on. There's been a lot of highs. Like, I think it's been hard to get to this point. There's been challenges in other sports. It's been a hard week and to, you know, it's a busy week for me. It's the one of the busiest weeks in my life, I think ever it's fair to say, but really this week's busy for me every year when you have the English football transfer window, in this case, the Premier League transfer window closed this week. So I have not slept a lot this week anyway. It's been a busy week to begin with. There's absolutely a lot going on, but to put on great shows like All In and All Out and be putting together the formats and going over all the details, producing the shows, uh, and also putting together four TV shows with uh, Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, and the Ring of Honor show and produce... you know, this great show tonight, I think, and following up on everything, plus with everything going on. Yeah, I think it's been probably the hardest week ever, but that's not all because of wrestling either uh, or things that are related to wrestling. There's been a lot going on in other sports, too, and it's been a busy time. And uh, I'm really proud of everybody around me uh, who's helped make it uh, help make it great. And I'm really proud of everybody in AEW. I think tonight was a big success. Last week was like the most important thing we've ever done. But then coming here tonight, it was like everybody who's come up here and said it was a lot of pressure to follow up on All In because it went so incredibly well. So to have people be talking about how great tonight was, we you know, it's a great feeling. And uh, but also a really busy time of year for me because this time of year also to a lot of people all over the world, like, you know, the Premier League transfer window is a big, big story all over the world and people follow that really closely. That was a really busy time for me. So I was pretty much working 24 hours a day, literally uh, for several days. I mean, I'm not even joking. Like I went a couple days where I didn't sleep and uh, it was hard, but I think we got a lot of important things done and uh, you know, important to get players in, get transactions done in, in Fulham, but also to keep important players for us. And that's also was a, a long week. So uh, there were a lot of things happening, and I really think from a wrestling standpoint, everybody hit it out of the park. So I'm so proud of everybody in AEW. Everybody went out and had a match on TV or pay-per-view this week, did a great job. The wrestling was outstanding, and the production team was stretched and stressed and forced to deliver in a way they've never been because they had to go deliver a show on the stage, the spectacle of which they never dreamed we'd be doing, and really – unprecedented territory something that big it's the biggest wrestling show of all time in many ways when you look at it, it's the most fans ever bought a ticket for any show so we've never done anything like that and not only that but it was across the ocean and another continent so it was a, it was a big workload and then to come back here and put on another one uh i'm just so proud of everybody that it worked out and i think it was a, a real testament to AEW, and certainly uh Coming into this year, people wondered if we could grow the company, make AEW bigger and better than it's ever been. I think we have and did, and I'm really excited going forward. I think we got asked about where does this uh, where does this imply we're going? Where does this uh, lead us to? And you know, the next few years as far as business media rights, I got asked. I think it's really exciting for us because what we did this week uh, bodes really well to grow the company and hopefully keep getting bigger. And I think. Hopefully uh, it'll be very lucrative media rights renewals for us and we can keep growing the company and expanding and creating jobs. And 
uh, taking care of a lot of people because I know that a lot of people depend on AEW here uh, for a living. We have a great crew, a great production staff that puts these shows on, and I'm so proud of them and the wrestlers for making this possible. I'm also really grateful to all of you for coming. Uh, some of you were at both shows, I believe, and uh, that's pretty cool. And also, uh, look, I just really appreciate, even if you don't make it to the show, all of you cover wrestling, and I think that's a really cool thing to do, whether it's your full-time job, a part-time job, that's awesome. I think uh, there's no better way, whether it's making a living or you do it for fun or a hobby or whether uh, this is a childhood dream for you like it is for me to work in wrestling. I think it's cool that we all get to do it. And uh, everybody here tonight, I believe, got to see a great show. So I'm proud of that. And now uh, very excited for Wrestle Dream. And before then, also AEW Grand Slam. I think it's going to be a great AEW Grand Slam. We built something really special in New York, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, hopefully, we'll see some of you uh, in the uh, weeks to come. Jim, are we doing a Grand Slam scrum? Have we ever no Grand Slam? Hey, that'd be fun. Maybe something at Grand Slam would be great. There's a lot of great New York media. That could be something to think about. And certainly, uh, see you all at Wrestle Dream. I hope you're all invited to Wrestle Dream. Uh, and it's going to be cool doing back-to-back, having a collision and a pay-per-view in Seattle. I'm really excited. Anytime a new market like Seattle gets a first-time pay-per-view, I think it's a really big deal. And I'm really excited. The Wrestle Dream tickets, Raph, I think they go on sale this week. They go Friday. Is there pre- pre-sale? Pre-sale Thursday? There you go. I guess it's the worst-kept secret in wrestling. There you go. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. I really appreciate it. It was an honor and a pleasure to do uh, – AEW All Out in Chicago again. It's a great tradition. Uh, Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for covering AEW All In. God bless all of you. It's great to see so many of your faces and uh, hopefully see you all either at Grand Slam or Wrestle Dream or Full Gear or something soon. Thanks again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 